0: Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Pirelli tires. Go to tirerack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. VR training
2: platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
3: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
2: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
4: Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears.
1: What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is live to you. Only available on Fox Sports Radio. The iHeartRadio app or wherever you, you download radio shows like this one. This should this this can be a good day for you, right? College basketball, rear rearview mirror, Masters right in front of us, Major League Baseball underway, and we're we're creeping up on the NFL draft. When a train hits a vehicle, or a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Even if you don't see a train, stop, trains can't, brought to you by NHTSA. So, um, look, what, what happens is, when you read something... And when you, I, I'm a big in-person meeting sort of guy. Now, look, I'm up, I'll, I'll text all the time, you know, and I understand that sometimes things that you do text don't translate well, like get all that. But I'm a big, like, if, if we get close on sales at our company and let's just let's go have dinner, you know, if um, any deal I've ever done in terms of, switching companies or new bosses or whatever, like just let's go have a meal. Let's go sit, talk and, and be across from each other, eye to eye at a table and, and get to know each other. And things work out so much better that way. They just do. You've probably been reading about all these accusations against Deshaun Watson and rightfully they're alarming. They are just, it's a lot. But it's really easy if you don't know who's making these accusations to sit there and go like, she's making it up to get money, right? Making it up to get money because that's the, why else would somebody make this up about a guy who everybody seems to think is awesome? Uh, seems to think is, is awesome. Okay if that's the case, then we got to see these people. We got to, I just, you know, because what happens is when you say, Hey, massage therapist, he comes over and I don't know what your vision is. You know, what's, what's your vision. There's a woman named Ashley Solis, who is the first accuser, apparently of Deshaun Watson. And, uh, she made a public statement earlier today. She filed a lawsuit against Deshaun and a police report. And this was her, her first public statement.
5: I am a survivor of assault and harassment. Deshaun
2: Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. Deshaun Watson
7: assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020 in my own home doing what I love most, massage therapy.
1: Not good, not, not good, not good. Right. I mean, all there's, there's nothing just, you know, brave of a woman to put her name, her face. She'll be on in every, uh, every, everywhere she goes, she will be, Oh, I I know that name from, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So this is a, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bold step by her and her attorney and a powerful statement to make as a woman to, in the take, take back control from your alleged assailant. But I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be neutral in this thing and go like, all right, what's, what's your possible out? You know one of the things that I would defend people and companies on is when they pay people to to have things go away. It it is not it is not an admission of guilt. Does it look bad? Yes, until you start to realize like there's lots of things that people who know you or people somebody who massage you whatever like you just don't want out there. Like even the she signed an NDA Before giving him a massage. And while that looks bad and you're like, wow, why would they need an NDA for just a regular massage? Remember it's Deshaun Watson. And even if he was covered up by a towel the whole time, like there are things that she can say to others that she could make public that would be embarrassing towards Deshaun Watson. Lots of things. So you sign an NDA because you don't want anything out. And many times you, people will companies, especially They will, or the NFL uh, with, with the concussion lawsuit, right? They, 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 they settled. Why do you settle? Because if you don't, now you go through discovery. We can go through your cell phone. And, and while, while there may not be anything truly incriminating about the alleged incident or whatever, there can be something else in there that you don't want made public. You don't want it to be in discovery. Once it's in discovery and it's filed away, it becomes for public consumption. So, I, I this is of all the things that can damage Deshaun Watson, the forty plus masseuses is it's a just a bizarre, bizarre look. The the accusations which continue to pile up, and apparently there's at least twenty two. Those are bad. When you have a woman putting her name and her face on camera and identifying Deshaun Watson as her assailant. That's a, that's a hard one to come back from. From Amy Dash, uh, who said this on her Twitter page, Tony Bus- Busby, who's the attorney for, um, for this woman, would not say it outright, but he inferred that Deshaun Watson was allegedly trafficking women, a state and federal crime. At least one woman was allegedly flown in from out of state, and that would be interstate trafficking if allegations are proven to be true. I mean, like, look, best case scenario, best case for Deshaun Watson, you walk away with a really, really scarred public image and people going, that guy's weird, weird. But clearly, like, this is his sort of thing. That's best case scenario. And I I don't know how possible that is. You walk away unscathed once these things start to get public and once the the police has to really look into it and investigate. And now, now you think now what now what I don't know. Look, I I have no idea what happened. I do know that there appears to be a, a a mountain of at least some form of evidence. Otherwise a guy who's a, a very well-known attorney and a bit of an ambulance chaser, but just because you chase ambulance, like when you find one that's legit, well, it's a hard one to and and now this has become public. This is basically why you write a check for somebody to go away. Cause even if none of this is true, it doesn't matter. It's it's all for public consumption now. And obviously, if it's true, like it's hard to figure out a way in which he's gonna be in an NFL uniform anytime soon or maybe ever again. Right? Because admitting to one means admitting to more than one and being capable of doing that's really what it is. Are you capable of of a crime against a woman? You know, because I, I think people who want to believe Deshaun Watson want to go like, well, you know, like it's a, was he inferring something? Did she offer something else? When you start to get five, 10, like, you're like wait. All of these women think this exact, have the exact same story. That's a lot.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
1: iHeartRadio app. The Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
0: Check out the latest
1: lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. You must be president of Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play, although some other states are about to come online. Gambling problem call 800 Gambler. Um, Aaron Rodgers hosted Jeopardy last night. Here, here's a little bit of that. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick
9: that field goal? <laughs> That is a great question. Should be, should be should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect,
1: and you're going to lose zero. Going to lose zero because he put zero on it. This was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show talking about his future in Green Bay. We're exactly where we were last year when I made comments
9: after the draft and, and throughout the season. You know, I, I don't feel like any of that's changed. Uh, even my comments directly after the last game, there was some, you know, some people who thought, you know, who made assumptions based on what I said. Um, nothing's really changed. You know, my, my future is really, a lot of it's out of my control. Um, you know, that's why I, I mentioned, you know, using words like uh, phrase like beautiful mystery, like, because it is uh, it is quite uh, Un- uncertain which directions that things are going to go. All I can do is play my best, and I feel like last year I did do that and, and may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you know, things haven't really changed on that front. I meant what I said last year, you know, about really being at peace with the whole thing, and that hasn't changed. It is quite uh, un- uncertain which directions that things are going to go. All I can do is play my best, and I feel like last year I did do that and, and may have thrown a wrench into some timelines that may have been thought about or desired. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you know, things haven't really changed on that front. I meant what I said last
1: year, you know, about really being at peace with the whole thing, and that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. Hasn't changed at all. Um, so... So, Aaron obviously wants, like, he's sitting there. He He's sitting there wanting some kind of love, right? Just, I'm just sitting here going, like, hey, after the draft, nothing. After the season, nothing. After that last game, nothing. I did Jeopardy, nothing. So, yeah. Um, You know, when you hear all of these nothings and you start to and he's like, look, I, I I think what he would have thought was, hey, I played so well. Somebody would come up and goes, hey, let's tear up that contract. Let's let's figure out which I think a lot of us thought. I think he just wants a sign that it's for more than a year. He just wants a little bit of just move some money around. Tell me this is not going to be the last year. I don't know. Hmm. trying to infer for what would make him, like, what would make him happy? They held, we held on to your running back. Let's see what they do in the draft. Let's see what they do financially. You know, let's see what, let's figure some things out. And oh yeah, by the way, it might be in the best interest of the Packers to continue with this. Like, look, if he's playing great again next year, at the end of the year, they can still tear up his deal and start over and give him a new deal. There's, There's nothing that says they can't. And this just protects them from, I don't know, from anything else and from everything else. But obviously Aaron Rodgers wants some form of attention, some form of affirmation, some part of love, some, you know, that that's, that's what it feels like to anybody else. And I think that's a reasonable feeling. Be sure to catch
6: the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at three PM Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: Have we ever had anything like this, Ike, that you can think of? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Not specifically. In
7: terms of the volume, uh, the amount and the the step it took publicly today.
1: Yeah, it 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 definitely made it more real today. Not that it wasn't real previously, but now when you hear real women, you know, describe something and in enough detail to where you're like, wow. Yeah. The thriller fight is uh, fight club event is happening soon on April 17th. Jake Paul squaring off against Ben Askren and you have the opportunity to win a free trip to Atlanta, be there live for Jake Paul versus Ben Askren Enter for a chance to win airfare for two, hotel accommodations, and tickets to the ultra-exclusive event. Going to FoxSportsRadio.com, join the celebrity royalty in person like Snoop Dogg, Pete Davidson, and Dixie and others. You'll be one of just 200 fans to see top performers like Justin Bieber, Black Keys, Doja Cat, Deep Low, and more. Enter and see rules at FoxSportsRadio.com by April 6th. That's FoxSportsRadio.com. Aaron Torres is a friend. He's also a host of the Aaron Torres sports podcast. He covers college basketball. He loves it as much as I do. And uh, he correctly predicted that Baylor would uh molly-wump Gonzaga last night. Is that about right, Aaron?
7: I mean, I picked him to win. I don't think anybody saw last night coming. Um, you know, listen... We can get into all of it. Uh, Baylor's incredible. They're awesome. Their story, as you pointed out last night, not just from when Scott Drew took over, but also just the last year or two has been awesome as they've really evolved into this program is great. But no, nobody saw that coming. I don't even think Scott Drew saw it coming, but they were the best team in college basketball, and they proved it last night.
1: How much do you think fatigue from the UCLA game played a factor?
7: You know, it's really interesting, Doug, because that was like a huge thought of mine coming into the game, you know, Arnie Spanier and I were on air when that Jalen Suggs shot went through, and I said to Arnie that night, I said, man, you know, I mean, we know how college kids are, how we all are. You know, emotional moment. They probably didn't get to bed till 3, 4, 5 in the morning after that game. Game ended about 11.30 at night. Um, But, you know, that's an excuse early. I don't don't think that it's the reason that they lost. And so, to me, let me me backtrack. I was a little, I was not surprised that they fell down early, but once it gets to about the middle of the first half and they're down 29 to 12 or whatever it is, you're like, Oh, this ain't going to get fixed anytime soon. And so, like I said, the better team won. Um, But yeah, no, I was, I was was certainly surprised the result in not, not, not necessarily the result as much as how we got the end result.
1: Yeah. I I think, um, I think it played a factor um, I think the two early fouls against Suggs played a factor. I thought yeah. they played, uh, their their game plan was flawed, and that was a factor. And I thought Baylor played really, really well and was really sharp. And frankly, their game was over at halftime, you know, like six hours before the Gonzaga game was over. Yeah. So all of those things. Again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure it makes much, real, much difference.
7: Real quick, you know, Doug, what, what do you think was was flawed with Gonzaga's game plan? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts.
1: Well, I, I don't think you can. You clearly can't switch ball screens with Drew Chin- yeah. Drew Timmy um, sure. and those Baylor players. Uh, you just, you can't. I mean, like, Fair. look, this has always been my thing holding me back with Gonzaga from ever picking them to win a national championship before this year. is, can If their offense isn't working, can they beat you with their defense? And their answer has never been yes, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the things that, you know, Carolina has had years where they've had a great team that's come up short because they just can't outscore you. But but Carolina at least is able to beat you at times, you know, the, the last national championship was on the boards. They were a great rebounding team as well, as well as a great transition team. Um, Duke Gonzaga has just not had that ability to take people. So I think that the, you know, I did a podcast with John Gallagher and he's like, look, I watched the Iowa State game and Iowa State went, pushed up and went under I think that's the way you got to play them because once they get into your defense, they're just going to wreck you completely wreck. you. Mm. Um, but I also thought that they panicked offensively. Their offense yeah. wasn't designed for that type of speed, quickness and pressure. You have to have yeah. more back cuts when they're not guarding a yai He's got to be, he's got to find more places where he can catch it to score or be more of a playmaker or find ways to help other guys get open. He did not. You know that means he has to handle the basketball fine. He's not not really comfortable versus pressure, but they used him to kind of rotate off him. So I just thought there were some things. Again, I don't know if it changes the ultimate outcome because Baylor was so much quicker, so much more explosive, and so so incredibly skilled. But I do think that it wouldn't have been as jarring. A holy crap, they can't get close to the nine in this game.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. The only other thing I would I would add on that, Doug, is you know I think I underestimated just how great Baylor was defensively. And it's so funny because, you know, I even commented and tweeted during the Baylor Houston game where there was a couple possessions where just, you know, Houston's just whipping the ball around. And, you know, we know Houston has incredible athletes and incredible players there and they just could not get a, a, you know, a, a window of space. And so, you know, when I look back on the Houston game, I think it was easy in real time to say, oh, you know, Houston, they play in a bad conference. They they didn't play a single-digit seed the entire tournament. And it was like, no, Baylor was just really that good. Of course, there was no way to know that at that moment. But I think, you know, one, if you watch Baylor all year, you know how awesome they were. But two... I didn't think anybody could lock down Gonzaga the way that they did. And the one thing I would say coming on of last night is, you know, we both love this sport, but there are some years where you feel like, okay, well this team won, but if they had had to play that team or that team got upset, or this team had an injury right before the tournament, whatever this year, we got, I believe, the two best teams definitively in the sport, and one team was clearly better. And I you know, I enjoyed coming out of last night knowing, hey, Baylor was the best team. There is no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I'm I'm am I'm okay with that. Okay, so let's get to the other stories. Um, let's go to the other these other big jobs. Hubert Davis, who's a friend and an incredible human being, is the head coach of North Carolina, and he said, you can't do this job unless you're a Carolina guy. So not going outside the family, even to hire assistants. Will it work at North Carolina?
7: So again, I know this is your show. You bring me on as a guest really quickly. I just want your quick opinion on, do you think to me, North Carolina is at worst the second best job in the country and probably the best job in the country. And I do think that there are calls that you can make that no one else, that they won't pick up for anybody else. Uh, but they'll pick up to hear North Carolina's pitch. Do you think that there was any chance that if they really pushed all their chips in the middle, they could get one of these elite, elite, elite guys to leave where they're at? Because I love the Hubert Davis hire and we can get into it, but go ahead. What were you going to
1: say? No, no, I don't. I I don't, I don't think so. I think you're going to fall. And I know they haven't been good the last couple of years. Uh, You're going to fall Roy Williams and you're not a Carolina guy. Like it's just, it's really hard when all of a sudden, the second you hit, what happens is if they, give me a, give me a guy who you have in mind.
7: Okay. So let's, I'll just throw a hypothetical. Billy Donovan second NBA job. He gets fired here. You know, is there a chance that for the right money, he comes back? Let's just use him as a hypothetical.
1: Be Interesting. Um, I don't think so. One because he's right in the middle of his first season. Right. Like sure. just the reality of it. I don't think he, I don't, I don't think, I think Roy Williams leaving and some of the things he said when he left college, sure. when, when, when you get to the NBA and you're solidly in the NBA, you don't want to do it. Like the recruiting's worse now, not better. Cause now you can mm-hmm. sign a player, have him signed national letter of intent, ready to go. And then the G league select thing, come and go, Hey, we're going to pay a couple hundred grand to skip college. And the, and the guy can go like deuces, I'm out. Now you, now you took a you took a kid, he leaves. You can't just go find another recruit because if you find another recruit, you've already told him no because you took somebody else. So sure. I, I NBA guys generally know. I I don't think so. Okay, give me another one.
7: Jay Wright, Villanova guy. I get it, but you you give him seven years, fill in the blank million per year guaranteed. He zero percent chance he's listen.
1: But why? What's the why, why would you have you have you moved? You've moved. You grew up in Connecticut. You live in LA. Okay. Now be a grown up and be one place for fifteen, twenty years, like, hey, do you want to move? You're like, Yeah. But you can win a national championship. Like, I <laughs> yeah, can only win a national championship.
7: Sure. No, it's fair. It's fair. All right. So Hubert Davis, I mean, like you said, once it was clear that they were going to keep it in the family, that those guys, frankly, probably weren't gonna listen um you know what i would say is I, I like it i mean when you like you said I've, I've had limited but conversations with him i enjoyed him as a dude i think he's uh you know just a you know really really great guy uh, but beyond that what i would just say is look there were no great candidates quote unquote in the family there was a guy for people who don't know unc greensboro west miller played there he's been yes. a head coach for 10 years two ncaa tournaments and yes, so that, would have, that I would, would have
1: made sense yes you're you're yeah, also like, you're also like let's let's do elephant in the room here, right? First black coach in North Carolina history. They were the first team to have a uh, they were the they were the first team to have a a, uh, a black player in the ACC. And Charlie Scott, who's a Hall of Famer, is a great player. Like he's a Carolina guy. I I don't you, we'd be idiots if we said that North Carolina can hire. Wes Miller, who is a, is a good, solid player and is an excellent coach and a Carolina guy, and turned down Hubert Davis, who is a great player, a great person, is on the staff and happens to be black. Like, I don't, there's just the reality of the times are no chance they're going outside the family for some, for for a white dude with no connections. And in comparison to Wes Miller, it's Hubert Davis 10 times 10. I, now, do I think it works? I don't know. I don't, the, the knock against Hubert's going to be like, Well, you're on staff and the recruiting has not been as good. Like what makes you, and I think Carolina, a school that traditionally recruits the best players in the country, right? That's so like, we're just, and they've had the greatest head coaching, head coach recruiter in the country. I think that's where you're like, okay, recruiting is changing. It's, it's more, not less competitive. And your school is seen as kind of stale and you're on the staff that's stale. That's a challenge. It's a big challenge. No question.
7: Zero doubt, zero doubt, and he will have a good jumping-off point. They should have some good pieces back, and that is why when you decide you're keeping it in the family, just hire Heber Davis. He's been on staff. He's young enough, younger than the other candidate on staff, Steve Robinson, and he was the guy with Roy Williams in these homes, you know, selling all of the kids currently in the program. So I, I loved once he made that decision to bring him in, but I do think the questions are real. I mean, never been a head coach at any level. The one thing that I do like is at least he has been at the college level. Now, Mike Woodson at Indiana, I think he's done everything right so far in terms of retaining the right staff, bringing in the new new staff, etc., But Mike Woodson had never been at the college level at any point. And so at least with Hubert Davis, he's been around for a decade plus. He understands how it works. He understands what it's like to go to Peach Jam. He understands, you know, in June you're going to have to hang out around campus because some sophomore that you've never heard of wants to come and take a picture with you. That is always my biggest concern with the former player avenue is if they're coming from the NBA or they don't have the background in college basketball, I worry, but he at least has been at this level for many years. He's learned from one of the best, but – to your point, there are legitimate concerns as well.
1: Uh, which hire do you like better, Chris Beard at Texas um, or Porter Mosier at Oklahoma?
7: Ooh, that's a good one. So <laughs> so uh, uh, I would say I like the Chris Beard hire better, but I was in for you with Dan Beyer last week, and I made the argument, like, I think Oklahoma is quietly one of the best jobs in the country from this perspective. If you just make the tournament every year or or in the conversation, nobody bothers you. Like, Chris Beard now has a little bit of a brand. He's a Texas guy. Like, you know, he he left a a school in that conference because he believed that job was better, and they believed that they should be elevated past making the NCAA tournament. They should be making deep runs. Oklahoma, it's like, first of all, Porter Mosier, you know, I get – uh, he could stay at Loyola, build Loyola into Gonzaga. That's never going to happen. And as Dan and I were talking about the other day, you know, now you're not only a coach that is expected to make the tournament, you're expected to win once you get there. So I always thought he would probably look around this off season. And I'm telling you, man, Oklahoma, you go in a normal season, 22 and 11, end up as a seven seed, losing the first round, man, you'll you'll just have a rolling five-year extension for the rest of your life. So, I like the beard higher, better, but like, you know, as far as quality of life, comfort of life, you know, job security, I think Porter Moser's on easy street here for the next 15, 20 years, if he wants to be.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I would, I would say this. Could- I think Oklahoma's a great job because you have Joe Castiglione and you've had pretty much every coach they've had has been successful. Like it fell apart okay. at the end of Capel's deal, but he, he was the number one CD ad Blake Griffin uh, they got to Sweet Sixteen, and then he just he took he took some guys that were very very highly touted, but guys that, that kind of ruined his program. But he was successful. Kelvin was successful. Final Four. Uh, Billy Tubbs was successful, and Lon Kruger was successful. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a place that has good. The the difference is, so Texas has a new arena. Obviously, they open Mm-mm. a year from now, so it's not for one more basketball season. Um, I mean like look, Texas is a better job because. Uh, You know, if you're, if you're, if you got it going, right. Every kid in the state of Texas should, if they don't take pick Texas, it's Texas or Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, Kansas, UCLA, et cetera. Right. That's the, and, and I'm sure that's what Chris Beard is thinking, which is like, look, I, we did, we did a great job and we nearly won a national championship at tech, but it's if if you have one or two more players and the thought is you at Texas, you have one or two more players. Um, I think it's a better job though than OU o- because n- neither do they do they do they, they totally care about. But it's definitely a destination job. OU is a little bit better than people think because the state of Oklahoma actually produces pretty good players, and for the most part, not all of them. For the most part, uh, over the last twenty-five years, they go to Oklahoma. Not all of them, but a lot of them choose Oklahoma ahead of you know. Some have gone out of state to Kansas. Um, the rest are OU or OSU and OU is kind of a little bit of destination. Now I think Porter's challenge is going to be right now. Mike Boyden is seen as cool and Porter style, though successful is not seen as cool. And how does, how does that work, uh, in that part of the country where high school basketball is usually really, really up and down. But I I think the whole thing is interesting. All right. What about UCLA? Um, is it just a tournament run or is there a legit bump and UCLA kind of quickly back in the fold among the elites?
7: I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, first of all, you know, I got to say, you know, I criticized this guy when he was the head coach. I criticized him when Nevada hired him, and I think he's done a good job there. Most of those guys were guys that Steve Alford recruited. Now, Mick Cronin developed the heck out of him. Um, but, you know, one, I, I give credit to Steve Alford for, you know, bringing in those guys and, and Mick Cronin for identifying them. I think the big thing for me going forward is – you know, what does happen after some of those guys leave? You know, Mick Cronin is in on, you know, very highly rated kids. They have the best player in California coming next year, a kid named Peyton Watson. They got a kid from Sierra Canyon that's a junior right now. And it's, it's going to be the challenge that you kind of just brought up with Carolina, Doug, of, yes, you recruit these elite players, but we saw him lose a guy to the G League this year. Uh, he was very publicly not happy about it. He did not take the higher road. Um, you know, and, and the guys that he got that he inherited from from Steve Alford, weirdly, while many of them were highly ranked, you know, they've kind of bought into that blue-collar, lunch-pail mentality, and frankly, they should. They didn't win when Steve Alford was there. So, I think to me, I, you know, I, I, I love Coach Crow, and I love the direction that he has the program. I love how hard he had this team playing, uh, especially down the stretch. I think they were actually pretty good most of the year. They hit a little bump late with some injuries and stuff. My only concern is kind of what we always talk about when when these guys take these big jobs is recruiting those elite, elite players is just such a different deal, you know, especially when you're you're used to recruiting a different kind of player that understands I'm going to come to campus for three or four years, I'm going to develop as a younger player, I'm not going to start. When you get those one-and-done kids, man, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Look at what happened in Kentucky this year. Where you got kids that that think that they're already in the NBA before they played a college game. And so I'm excited for Coach Cronin. I think he's the right guy, but I'm gonna be very curious to see as, as some of the Steve Alfred guys get out and these highly these high profile kids come in, can you kind of keep again that blue you know, blue collar lunch pail mentality as the recruiting picks up?
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean, can you it's the old our kind of guys thing, right? That's what they say in college. Can sure. you recruit your kind of guys? So that you have the same sort of culture, just a little bit more talent, which makes you allows you to make a couple more baskets. It's a it's definitely a challenge. Those are first world problems. But those those are the problems (laughs) when when you win Aaron Torres, check out the Aaron Torres podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Of course, you can listen to him on weekends with Arnie Spanner here on Fox Sports Radio. At Thanks so much, dude.
7: Doug, thank you, man. Have a good afternoon. Be sure to
6: catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
7: Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
5: podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
0: Doug Gottlieb
1: show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a previous show's clip. Uh, something we saw on Fox Sports 1, something we heard on Fox Sports Radio. We call it... And now...
6: <laughs>
1: what Does the Fox Say is brought to you by NHTSA. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly because the crossings and if signals are going... Don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Even if you don't see a train stop, trains can't. This is Colin Coward explaining why Zach Wilson was the biggest winner in the Sam Darnold trade. The
4: next two years, he has four first rounders, (laughs) three second rounders, and three third rounders. That should be 10 starters. You don't have a ton of holes. Now, the division's tough, the coaching is great, and Zach Wilson's a kid from BYU. But this this is not what Sam Darnold entered. This is not a pathetic situation. It's rebuilding. It needs an infusion of energy, talent, and juice. But you now have a capable GM. Darnold didn't. You now have a non-toxic coaching staff. Darnold didn't. You actually have capable, after this draft, receivers and running backs. Darnold never did it. This This is not... A pathetic situation. In fact, the Jets just released their twenty twenty one team poster. New York Jets. We're not pathetic. It's actually very, very encouraging. And I think the winner is Zach Wilson.
1: Uh, yeah, New York Jets. We're not pathetic. I think that's that's fantastic. Now, if that's not a if that's not something you can't get can get behind, I I don't really know what is. I don't know what is. Um, yeah. Look, I think they I think they won many parts of of this trade, I guess, but there's no way you can say we drafted a guy number three overall, and we can't get a first round pick for him, even though he's a starting quarterback and he's under contract for this year. And I guess now next year and say, Hey, we won this trade. Eh, Sure. Okay. You know, um, I, I think the closer you get towards the draft, I think the values would have gone up. And especially with Deshaun Watson not being able to be traded for, I think the values go up. I think Darnold's value is was higher because of the Deshaun Watson thing, was higher because uh, you know, I, I I think the Garoppolo deal and how it was portrayed, I think that actually helped his value because San Francisco's been fine in holding on to him for one more year before they give him. Don't get me wrong, they'd want to trade him, but they need a first round pick compensation return. I I, I think the recent things have made it actually more, not less valuable. But uh, the Jets don't stink anymore, or at least have at least a good plan with a guy who seems to be able to execute it. They just better help that Zach Wilson can really play.
4: Ah! What does the
1: fox say? Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots to get to. Lots to get to. This is Joe Douglas from earlier today.
9: There was even discussion about us uh, taking a quarterback at uh, pick number two and having Sam uh, here for for the season. And ultimately, we felt that that wouldn't be the best situation for for Sam, the rookie quarterback. Coach solid and his staff in the locker room. We felt like this was the best decision for the for the entire organization moving forward and, and hitting the reset button.
1: Look, it all makes sense. And it's something that Daniel Jeremiah, who's joined us, who knows him very, very well, uh, knows him very, very well. I mean, he's a guy who um, I think you you're going to walk away going, yeah. Daniel Jeremiah knew all along Joe Douglas is going to move this pick. It was a question of when, not if, and how he was going to do it. And like, look, the Sam Donald thing it's it's a it's a much earlier but similar. There's some Matt Stafford, do like you come out of a dysfunctional organization. Now you go to a legit organization. Granted, Carolina's not very good either, and Carolina's trying to remake themselves and build themselves around a young running back who was hurt all of last year. But but I do think the energy around Matt Rule is really really good, and I think the Joe Brady thing makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense with how Sam Darnold likes to play, and he's going to have to. He's like a, you know, he's like somebody who got remarried out of a marriage that didn't last that long like there's just a lot of there's a lot of baggage that he's carrying with carrying with him you know but the the reset makes sense and and to people who say well the new environment doesn't work for other people it's worked it hasn't worked everywhere but it's worked um i mean alex smith had several years of disappointment his first 7 years in san francisco then he got him to an nfc championship game Then he was playing really well. He gets concussion. He gets traded to Kansas City. That worked. And honestly, like Washington was working until he tore up his knee. They were in first place. Vinny Testaverde was a debacle in Tampa with a bad organization. Vinny had a long career and some real success, even with the New York Giants, in New York Jets. Um, There have been other quarterbacks where it didn't work initially. It's not like kickers. It's usually their second home is where it works. But Ryan Tannehill, who had the one 4,000-yard season with the Dolphins, then he got hurt, never really got it back. Then he had the arm issue. But Tannehill's worked in Tennessee. Um, I mean, Favre, it was only one season in Atlanta. But it worked. It did work. I don't know. We go around the league, and we can find other. You know, Steve Young wasn't good when he was in Tampa early in his career. They went to the USFL. Drew Brees was okay in San Diego, not great. But then he goes to New Orleans after shoulder injury, and he's amazing. So, yeah, there there is a precedent for this on some level that that Sam Darnold has a very good second part of his career. Fox Sports
6: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
5: live. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
6: At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car.